Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in in what part of the country? Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Welcome to Bible Talk. This is Pastor Robert Baker, Speaker Biblical Bible Teaching Ministries under Senior Pastor Emory Moss, coming to you with another teaching regarding the Watchtower uh, Bible and Tract Society. Uh, currently, I've been looking at uh, salvation according to the Watchtower Society and focusing on uh, three specific teachings of the Watchtower Society uh, as far as salvation is concerned. Uh, number one, uh, the Watchtower Society teaches us, uh, that salvation is in an organization, namely their organization. Uh, number two, the Watchtower Society teaches that uh, salvation is dependent upon works. Uh, they also teach that the unsaved are resurrected and given a second chance uh, to be saved. Uh, and then there's another one, too. They are also, according to their teaching, even Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, who consider themselves to be really the only true servants of God, they have no assurance of salvation. Uh, they talk about accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior, uh, but still, as we'll see as we go into our study, they have no assurance uh, that they're saved. Uh, and I've uh, spoken uh, previously before, and by the way, let me say the uh, the number uh, for anyone who has any questions, uh, comments, uh, or even objections, welcome calls from Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, the phone number is 866-423-9578. That's 866-423-9578. This is Pastor Baker uh, on Bible Talk. So as I've said on our previous broadcast, uh, the Watchtower Society says that salvation is in an organization, specifically their organization and their organization alone. The Watchtower Society says that Jehovah is using only one organization today, and then they say to receive everlasting life in the earthly paradise, we must identify that organization and serve God as part of it. So they definitely teach uh, dogmatically that uh, salvation is in their organization. They also say that if we draw away from Jehovah's organization, remember now that's only them, if we draw away from Jehovah's organization, there will be no place else to go for salvation. Well, my understanding of the Scripture, there is only one place to go for salvation, and that is to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, scripture says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Uh, so that's the place that we go. Uh, he's the person uh, that we go to for salvation. Yes, we may get information about uh, how uh, we ought to go about getting saved from other people, but the salvation doesn't generate from other people. Uh, they only give us the message of the gospel. Uh, Jesus Christ. 
uh, died on Calvary, taking the punishment for the sins of the whole world. And whoever is willing to repent of their sins and put their trust in what Jesus Christ did for the world at Calvary, namely paid the penalty for their sins, then that person will be saved. And how do they know if they're saved for sure? One of the ways uh, they would know if they're saved for sure if they have a heart for keeping his commandments. When a person accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior, their attitude towards sin changes. They no longer want to live in sin. They now want to live for God. Uh, if they have this genuine desire to uh, live for God and uh, demonstrate it uh, by trying to keep his commandments as best as they can, that is uh, evidence that that person is saved, that they have really and truly accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. But there is nothing in the Word of God that says you have to become part of a particular organization uh, in order to have the assurance of salvation. You don't have to join a particular organization, a particular denomination, or what you want to do if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior is to find you a church that uh, teaches, preaches, and practices the Word of God. Uh, but even joining that church is not what makes you saved. You know, I belong to strictly biblical. Uh, I joined the church, but I was saved before I joined the church. Uh, I heard the gospel, reading gospel tracts, understood that uh, I needed to repent and receive Jesus as my Savior. And the instant that I did that, I was saved. And then uh, I understood that God wanted us to attend churches where we can grow spiritually, not only grow spiritually, but also uh, share our, our spiritual gifts, spiritual abilities with other Christians. And so, yes, uh, God wants us to join in churches. As a matter of fact, he says to Christians, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as some do, but instead you are to exhort, encourage uh, one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. What day is he talking about? Do it so much the more as you see the day approaching. Uh, the day of the return of Jesus Christ. Let me stop before I start going into Bible prophecy instead of talking about uh, the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. So the Watchtower Society teaches that salvation is in an organization. There is nothing in the Bible that says you have to be part of a particular organization. There are uh, various scriptures in the Word of God that pertain to salvation, and none of them, uh, those scriptures, says anything about you have to uh, become a member of a particular organization. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, that he has put their trust in him, should not perish. That means don't worry about going to hell, but have everlasting life. Uh, so, you know, Acts 4 and 12, neither there's salvation in any other, including an organization, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. John 5 and 24, Jesus said, He who hears my word and believes on him who sent me, has everlasting life. Here's his word. Jesus declared uh, that he is the one sent by the Father to pay the penalty for sins, and that no one is accepted by the Father except they come through Jesus Christ. That means receiving him as your Savior. So when he said, he who hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life, uh, that's what he was talking about. The Father testifies that the Son is the way of salvation, and do we believe what God the Father said? We'll demonstrate that by actually accepting Jesus Christ uh, as our Savior. 16, Acts 16 and 31, Philippian jailer, asked, sirs, asked if, uh, the men of God, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they responded, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Nothing about joining uh, a particular organization. So um, also, uh, the Watchtower Society uh, teaches, and this is a false teaching as well, uh, just as uh, joining a particular organization, their organization, as a matter of fact, in order to be saved is a false teaching. 
Uh, another false teaching they have is to teach that salvation is dependent upon works, uh, that you have to uh, work uh, your way into salvation. Uh, the Bible doesn't teach any such thing. As a matter of fact, there are scriptures that plainly teach uh, the contrary. Uh, for example, uh, the book of uh, Ephesians, uh, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, uh, for by grace are you saved. Grace is God's undeserved favor. For by grace are you saved through faith, that is, uh, trust in Jesus Christ, putting your faith in what he did for you on the cross. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, which saying there is nothing that you can do to save yourself. There is no good work that you can do to save yourself. Why is it that uh, good works will not save you? Because none of your good works, if you may do good things, you know, uh, helping the poor, uh, feeding the hungry, uh, giving up certain vices, gambling, uh, drunkenness, uh, fornication, uh, profanity, or whatever like that. But there is no uh, work you can do uh, that can make up for your sins. The only thing that makes up for your sins is what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. He paid the penalty. And based upon that, if you accept Christ, God the Father will accept you, period. But the Watchtower Society teaches that salvation uh, is based upon works, which is uh, contrary uh, to Scripture. Uh, the Watchtower Society, for example, made this statement. Not everyone will be permitted to live in the paradise earth. Now, what do they mean by not everyone will be permitted to live in the paradise earth? Well, uh, the Bible teaches that eventually Jesus is going to come. He's going to return. He's going to take over the world. And, and the world is. Are going to be a paradise because, um, you know, a lot of the, the wickedness that's going on in the world is not going to be tolerated because Jesus Christ himself will be ruling uh, from Jerusalem. And everyone who will not submit to Jesus Christ will be receiving judgment from Jesus Christ. So the earth will be uh, actually a paradise. Uh, you read, for example, in Isaiah chapter 11, Talking about the lion lay down with the lamb, I'm sure uh, many of you, especially if you grew up in uh, church, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, remember the song, Peace in the Valley, the bear will be gentle, the wolf shall be tame, and the lion will lay down with the lamb. All the hosts of the wild will be led by a child, and I'll be changed from the creature that I am. Well, that song is based upon what is taught in Scripture. Uh, the natural enmity uh, between uh, animals, dogs, and cats, and the hostility of our wild animals against us, all that will be taken away so that a child could even play by a cobra's nest and not worry about being uh, bitten by it. So the earth is going to be a paradise, and Watchtower Society refers to it as the paradise earth. Uh, we, uh, others refer to it, myself included, as the millennium, because when Christ returns, uh, he's going to be ruling the world for a thousand years. Satan, of course, is going to be chained up, so he's not able to go about and deceive people like he is currently doing now. Christ is going to be ruling the earth, and he'll be doing this for 1,000 years. And so this is what the uh, Watchtower Society is referring to when they talk about, talk about paradise earth. But they say not everyone will be permitted to live in the paradise earth. Requirements must be met. So in other words, now I don't want to make this too complicated, but the Watchtower Society teaches that only select a uh, few of them are going to heaven, uh, specifically the numbers of 144,000 Jehovah's Witnesses. And all other Jehovah's Witnesses are going to live uh, forever in paradise on earth. Okay, so the Watchtower Society says, but if you want to live in paradise on earth, there is something that you have to do. And this is tantamount to saying if you want to be saved, there is something you have to do. So they say not everyone will be permitted to live in the paradise earth. Requirements must be met. 
The fourth requirement is advocating his kingdom uh, rule to others. So in other words, if you want to live uh, forever in paradise on earth, number one, you got to join the Watchtower uh, Society organization. And number two, you must advocate his kingdom. That just simply means tell people that you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Uh, Jesus Christ is going to return and set up a kingdom. And so you need to uh, submit to him if you want to be saved. But what is this thing about you? In other words, uh, well, let me give you another quote from me on that to clarify it even more. God's will is that to make good his salvation to everlasting life, the believer, not the sinner, the believer must be a preacher in the world, in this world. So the society is saying you can accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, but if you want to make that good uh, in your life, then you also, not only must you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, but you also must become a preacher in this world. What do they mean by become a preacher in this world? You have to go around and tell and talk to people, you know, uh, tell them that it's necessary for you to accept Jesus Christ. You have to preach the, preach the gospel to the lost, to the to lost sinners. In other words, uh, the gospel, of course, is the good news, again, that Jesus Christ paid the penalty for our sins, although we were condemned, are condemned to hell. Uh, we can uh, escape hell and live forever with God by repenting of our sins and receiving Jesus Christ as our Savior. That is uh, the gospel in a nutshell. Jesus Christ died for our sins. Uh, he rose from the grave on the third day, which proved that he was who he said he was, because if he wasn't, he never would have risen from the dead. And if we uh, confess Jesus with our mouth, Jesus is my Lord, uh, believe in our heart that God is raised from the dead, then we will be saved. So the Watchtower Society, that is the gospel in a nutshell, but the Watchtower Society says that you want to make your salvation good, not only must you accept Jesus Christ, not only must you confess that Jesus Christ is your Savior, not only must you put your trust in what he did for you in Calvary, but then you must go out and preach. And if you don't, and, and that is preach the message of salvation, and if you don't, then you uh, are not assured of your salvation. You, you got to make your salvation good by becoming a preacher in this world. And then they um, back up themselves by quoting Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God is risen from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the mouth man confesses, uh, believes, and, and with the mouth he confesses unto salvation. Now, this, uh, those uh, two scriptures are talking about a simple confession of faith. If you confess, hey, I, I heard the gospel, I understand, I'm a sinner, Jesus paid the penalty for my sin, and after he paid the penalty, he rose from the dead on the third day, and so now I'm putting my trust in what he did for me on the cross. I'm not putting my trust in how good I can be. Because I understand no matter how good I am, it doesn't make up for my sin. Only what Jesus Christ does make up for my sin. So I'm accepting him as my Savior, and I am uh, surrendering my life to him. So Romans 10 and 9, that's exactly what it's talking about. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is risen from the dead, you will be saved. It's not talking about going out on the streets and telling other people about Jesus Christ. Yes, God wants us to do that. Yes. Jesus commanded us to do that. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we are commanded to go and share the gospel, but not so we can be saved. We are saved by faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, what he did for us on Calvary. Now, then if we are not commanded to go out and preach, the gospel in order to be saved, why are we commanded to go out and preach the gospel to others anyway? 
because we become workers together with God. God wants other people to be saved, and he wants to use us to declare uh, the way of salvation to others who don't know Jesus Christ as our Savior. You know, we get saved, and then, you know, we have family members that are not saved. We talk to them. God loves sinners, and he doesn't want sinners to perish. He wants them to hear the gospel and how to escape the penalties of hell, and he uses us uh, to do that. So, yes, we do that out of obedience to God. Whatever God, Jesus said, you are my disciples, if you do whatever I command you. In other words, if you do whatever I command you, then you're showing that you really did accept me as your Savior. And so, yes, we go out and preach the gospel, but not so that we can be saved. We obey God because we are saved, because we want to please him, because we are grateful to him, out of reverence to him, out of thankfulness uh, to him. That's why we go out and preach the gospel. But the uh, Watchtower Society, of course, takes room of 10 and 9 and just completely uh, 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 mis, 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 uh, translated it all together, misinterpreted it all together. They say we have to do more than accept the kingdom message in order to be saved. We have to do more than accept the kingdom message in order to be saved. We also have to preach it. That is not biblical. If they were saying we also have to preach it because God commanded us, because he wants others to be saved, that's fine. But they're saying we also have to preach it if we want to make sure that uh, we want to uh, make our salvation uh, complete. We are saved by more than just believing. We must publicly declare that message. We can not just believe in the message concerning Jesus Christ and what he did for us, but we also have to declare that message to others. Uh, that they, as well as we, may be accepted in the God's new world. And again, they uh, Romans 10 and 9, uh, completely uh, mistranslating it all together. Okay, we have to take a break and we'll finish when we return. In the 2016 race for president, Donald Trump was not the first choice for many Christian voters. His personal history made it unimaginable that he would defend Christian values as president, or so we thought. In his new book, For God and Country, The Christian Case for Trump, Dr. Ralph Reed shows that President Trump has kept his promises and has been the most effective presidential defender of religious liberty and the pro-life cause since Ronald Reagan and perhaps all of U.S. history. In For God and Country, Reed pushes back against left-wing evangelicals trying to shame Christians into turning against Trump, revealing how liberals hope to reverse President Trump's pro-religious freedom policies, why President Trump is the most pro-Israel president in history, and why that should matter to all Christians in America. With first-hand personal and professional anecdotes from Dr. Reed's decades of work with President Trump, Forgotten Country is required reading in this election year, and for every conservative Christian. Forgotten Country, The Christian Case for Trump, the new book by Dr. Ralph Reed, published by Regnery, available at Amazon and wherever books are sold. Did you know Israel saved the world from World War III in 1982? Or Noah's Ark was a Faraday cage? You would if you were listening to Light Warrior Live. So tune in every Saturday, 3 to 5 p.m., as the Light Warrior and his guests from across the globe give the audience spiritual insights from God's Word. As we fight for this country and the world, we fulfill God's command in Acts 26.18 to open their eyes and turn them from Satan to God. That's what happens every Saturday afternoon, 3 to 5, on Light Warrior Live. And there's new music from The Light Warrior. The album, Dreams Across Forever, now available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and more. Christian music with a heart. So order your copy today. That's The Light Warrior, Dreams Across Forever, streaming across the net. And join us as we fight for the light and the glory every Saturday afternoon, 3 to 5, 
on Light Warrior Live. Rachel Gilson grew up experiencing same-sex attraction, and she gave in to those desires until she met Jesus. To the person who would say, these desires are too strong, I cannot say no to them, I want to say, who owns you? Do your desires own you? Or does Jesus Christ own you? From born this way to born again this way. Next time on Family Life Today. Listen for Family Life Today, weekday mornings at 7.30. Hello, friends. This is Tom Kitterman, host of Mornings with Meaning, and I've got some exciting news. Now, in addition to listening to us at 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap Listen, choose News Talk, and scroll down to Faith Talk Detroit. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, it sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. Eight six six five two three. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I had what is commonly known as a brain freeze. Eight six six four two three nine five seven eight eight six six four two three nine five seven eight to uh be with uh Pastor Beck on Bible Talk, uh looking at Jehovah's Witnesses, what their teaching is uh concerning salvation, asking what their false teachings are concerning salvation. We already looked at the fact that they said that salvation is in an organization, uh, specifically their organization. And also looking at their claim that salvation is dependent upon works. Uh, they uh, misinterpret uh, Romans 10 and 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God is raised from the dead, thou shalt uh, be saved, uh, because, uh, you know, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Uh, so they're saying that that means that you have to go out on the streets or go from house to house as they do and declare the gospel message uh, to others if you want to be sure that you are saved. If you want to make your salvation good, then you must do that. That's contrary, of course, uh, to the word of God. Um, In the Bible, there are several scriptures that uh, show us, affirm to us, that salvation is not by work. Uh, For example, uh, in the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 6, Verses 28 and 29, uh, the Jews asked Jesus a question. They said, what must we do that we might work the works of God? What does God want us to do in order to be, and this is what they meant, you know, in order for us to be acceptable to God, uh, what works must we do? And Jesus' response in verse 29 was, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom God has sent. In other words, this is the work that God wants you to do since you want to refer to it as work is to put your trust in the one whom God has sent. Well, who is the one whom God has sent? Jesus Christ to take away the sins of the world. And again, as I quoted Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 uh, through 10, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that's not of yourselves. You know, the salvation, uh, obtaining the salvation is not in you. It's not by your effort. It's not by any ability uh, that you have. It's only by the grace of God, which is God's undeserved, kindness, his undeserved favor. So we're told, by grace are you saved. Now, this is talking to Christians, people who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. But there's a message in it for non-Christians. If you want to be saved, it'll be by grace uh, through faith. 
and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Uh, you don't work for a gift. If you work for a gift, then it's not a gift. It's something that's owed to you if you're going to work for it. But if it's a gift, then uh, there's no work involved. It's given to you freely. So it says, by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Uh, you know, if I had to work in order to be saved, and as a result of working, I obtained the salvation, but then I can say, hey, you know, the reason why I'm saved, because I work. I should be saved, because I, I did the work for it, so it was on the right that I'd be saved. But I can't make that boast. The only thing I can say is I came to Jesus Christ with nothing to offer. I came to Jesus Christ with no uh, excuse for my sin, no justification. I didn't have the means to deliver myself from hell. I simply came to Jesus Christ and said, Lord, I agree that I'm a sinner, and I'm asking you to save me from hell based on what you did for me at Calvary. I wouldn't have let you run my life, and I uh, put my trust in what you did and not in any good that I can do. That's the bottom line. But the Watchtower Society says it is for the reward of eternal life that every last person on earth should now be working. Why are God's people working so hard? They are mindful of the rich reward that God holds out to them, everlasting life. Clearly, the Watchtower teaches you have to work for salvation. But again, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works that no one should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for all good works, which, good, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So as a, uh, not that we are working for salvation, but we are God's workmanship. We are the, are the result of his work. And uh, this was done through Christ Jesus. And what it is is that we are not saved by good works, but we are saved to do good works. We are not saved by good works, but we are saved to do good works, such as telling people about Jesus Christ, but not so we can be saved. We get saved when we uh, put our trust in what Jesus did for us on Calvary. But once we do that, out of gratitude, I serve God. I'm doing this broadcast not so I can go to heaven, but I'm doing this broadcast out of gratitude towards God, serving God, in other words, trying to help others uh, out of gratitude towards God. So, Again, salvation is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Titus 3 and 5. Titus 3 and 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. By the washing that regenerates us and the renewing of ourselves, which is done by the power of the Holy Spirit. You accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. The Holy Spirit takes a residence in you. You are renewed. You're no longer a slave to sin. You're no longer dead uh, to God. You're no longer dead in trespasses and sin. You're no longer condemned to hell. You have been renewed by the Holy Spirit. you got a different attitude towards sin. You're no longer going to practice the things that you used to practice. And now when you get tempted, you start struggling because you don't want to fall back into the same things you used to do. All that is proof that you put your trust in Jesus Christ. But it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy. Um, also, uh, now there's a scripture that the Jehovah's Witnesses like to use. I'm going to go to uh, the book of James, uh, chapter 2. And I'm going to start reading 
at verse 20. Take me a minute to get there. So the book of James chapter 2, starting with verse 20, Which, uh, and by the way, James is showing us that uh, while we're not saved by works, but we will prove our faith by our works. We're saved by faith, and our works prove our faith. And he gives an illustration uh, using a uh, person in the Bible by the name of Abraham from which uh, uh, the, the whole nation of Israel uh, came from. And Paul in uh, the book of Romans, in demonstrating that we are not saved by works, he said even Abraham was not saved by works. But rather, the scripture says that Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. In other words, Abraham became righteous. He was saved uh, because he believed God. Uh, we're told in the book of Galatians that uh, the gospel was preached unto Abraham. So, uh, Paul in, in, in the book of Romans is showing us that Abraham himself, you know, like he was saying, everybody say uh, who is saved by faith. And he said the same thing applies with Abraham. Abraham believed God because of his faith. He was saved. And then he said Abraham proved that he had really uh, put his trust in what God said. He proved that his faith was genuine. How did he prove that his faith was genuine? God told Abraham, uh, now, look, I'm going to make of you a great nation. That nation, of course, turned out to be the nation of Israel. He said, I'm going to make of you a great nation. And then he gave him a son by the name of Isaac. And he said, it is in Isaac that I'm going to make this great nation. It is in Isaac that I'm going to make this great nation. I'm going to do it through him. So, okay, Abraham believed God. And then one day God came to Abraham and said, Abraham, uh, your son named Isaac? Yeah, I want you to take him and offer him to me as a sacrifice. Wait a minute. God says he's going to make a great nation out of Isaac. But now he's telling me to offer Isaac to him as a sacrifice, which means I have to kill Isaac. But God made a promise to me. He said, in Isaac, I'm going to make this great nation. But how is that going to happen if I have to kill him? Oh, I know. Because God is faithful, he made me this promise, and he's going to be faithful in keeping this promise. Even if I killed Isaac, evidently he's going to raise Isaac from the dead. That just showed how much uh, Abraham believed what God had to say, that I'm going to, uh, you know, uh, make of you a great nation. And also that uh, in you shall all the nations of the world be blessed. And when he said in you shall all the nations of the world be blessed, because Jesus Christ is a descendant of Abraham uh, as, as far as the flesh is concerned. And so he said, and you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. He was talking about Jesus Christ, who was a descendant of uh, Abraham, uh, coming into the world and taking away the penalty for our sin. So Abraham, in other words, when God told him, I want you to take Isaac and offer him for a sacrifice, he took Isaac, he took wood, he took fire, and he took a knife. And he took Isaac out to a certain place and had Isaac lay on the altar and raise the knife and was getting ready to kill Isaac, and God told him from heaven, don't touch him. Now I know for sure that you believe me. I know for sure that you trust me, and I am going to fulfill this promise. So God was just simply testing Abraham. Long story short, but by Abraham willing to do what God said, 
Abraham demonstrated that he really believed God. He demonstrated his faith. He showed his faith by his works. And so that's what we do. We show our faith by our works. We don't get salvation by our works, but we show that I really believe God. You know, uh, God said to me, uh, Robert, if you accept my son as your Savior, I assure you that when you depart this life, you will go to heaven. So how do I show that I believe that? By living for him. By living for him. Whatever he tells me to do, I do. And, you know, sometimes uh, trials come into our life. Uh, we don't understand it. Uh, pain, sickness, uh, disappointment, uh, disasters, uh, what have you. These things come into our life, and we don't understand them. But still, we remain faithful to God because we believe him. Uh, I believe uh, what God says, that one day I'm going to have eternal perfection. And the same thing applies to anyone who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. And when trials, troubles, uh, tribulations come into our lives, we don't say, oh, well, you know, I'm turning away from God. No, by enduring the trial, by doing, enduring the hardships, we show that I really believe what God said. My faith is really genuine. I really believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. He has given me access to God that eventually I'm going to leave this world unto eternal perfection, uh, unto uh, the, the, the abolishing of all troubles, sorrows, sickness, uh, pain, temptations, what have you. So, yeah, we show our faith by our works. We show by our works that, yeah, I really have accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, therefore I'm really saved. But we don't show our, uh, we don't do works uh, in order that we might be saved. So, um, the society is definitely wrong, and really what they're teaching, uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, God's servant, uh, described as another gospel. When somebody comes to you and say, well, you got to do more than just believe on Jesus Christ. you got to do more than just put your trust in what you did for you at Calvary. you got to do this. you got to join uh, this church. Uh, you got to go uh, on a mission field. Uh, you got to uh, visit uh, nursing homes. Uh, you got to do this. You got to do that. That is another gospel. And by word, gospel uh, means good news. And the good news is I'm a sinner, but there's salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the good news. The one who uh, died for my sins and rose on the third day to prove that he really was who he said he was. Who did he say he was? The one whom the Father sent to take away the sins of the world. That's the good news. And if anybody comes and adds anything to me, talking about, well, you know, you got to do, you got to join this organization, you got to join this congregation, uh, you know, you got to uh, clam up a mountain on your knee, uh, you know, you got to give to the church. Uh, and by the way, uh, let me qualify that statement: you got to give to the church. Uh, again, why do I give to the church? Well, because I want to support the work of God, and I'm doing this out of gratitude. I'm not giving, trying to buy salvation. You can't buy salvation. But I give to the church uh, to uh, express my gratitude toward God and because I want to support um, the ministry. So there we go. But uh, nothing is added. If somebody adds anything other than uh, salvation by grace and faith in Jesus Christ, uh, they are preaching to you another gospel. Uh, yes, we are supposed to repent of our sins. But as I said, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will repent of your sins. Your attitude toward sin will change. You won't live. Uh, the same way uh, that you did before you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. You're going to have struggles, but the main thing uh, is that you're struggling. I used to use this illustration all the time. 
uh, I used to say that I went, when I, I preached in the pulpit, I used to say, uh, I'm struggling against adultery. And then, you know, of course, people, oh, struggling against adultery. Ha ha. I knew he wasn't who he said he was. But then I would qualify that by saying, I'm struggling against adultery. And the reason why I'm struggling because I ain't never yielded to it, which is true. So my point is, is that once you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, it's not that you're not going to have temptations. But if you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to struggle against those temptations. You're going to fight to overcome them and not give in to them. We have a break, and then we'll continue after we return. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. When does a person get rights? When a person is a person. All across our nation, our nation is divided. In our homes, in social media, everywhere you turn. But what is at the heart of this division? In the new movie, Divided Hearts of America, Super Bowl champion and executive producer Benjamin Watson searches for the truth. This is one of the worst possible choices that any woman and her family has to make. You'll discover why the most polarizing debate of this century boils down to the sacred dignity of human life. There is no personhood under law for fetuses. We don't have that in this country. With Divided Hearts of America, you'll learn what you need to be armed to fight what divides us and come to a place of real unity with empathy, healing, and real hope. Be part of the change and watch Divided Hearts of America. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase. Use promo code FAMILY for 20% off. SalemNow.com, promo code FAMILY. You could win a Bible prophecy tour to Israel next March with Pathway to Victory's Dr. Robert Jeffress just by logging on to our station website and using the keyword Israel. There's nothing quite like standing on top of Mount Carmel where Elijah did battle with the prophets of Baal or looking out over the plain of Megiddo where the final world battle will take place. Enter now to win and discover ways to get bonus entries. Log on to faithtalkdetroit.com. Search keyword Israel. Hello, friends. This is Evangelist Anita Campbell, host of Bible Talk. I've got some exciting news now. In addition to listening to us on 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap the News Talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com.
866-423-9578 to be on Bible Talk with Pastor Becker. But let me say um, before I continue with the lesson that if you would like to uh, support this ministry, it would be greatly appreciated. If you would like to send a donation, uh, you can send your donation to Bible Boot Camp Ministries, Post Office Box 05874, Detroit, Michigan, 48205. That's Bible Boot Camp Ministries, Post Office Box 05874, Detroit, Michigan, 48205. Your offers go to uh, keep this ministry on the radio, and they will be greatly appreciated. Okay, so looking at the Watchtower Society with regard to uh, eternal salvation, the teaching violates uh, all of the salvation scriptures. Uh, the Watchtower Society uh, also believes uh, or teaches uh, that baptism, water baptism, is necessary in order to be born again. Now, uh, Jesus told a certain teacher in Israel, uh, you must be born again. And that applies to all uh, human beings. It is necessary in order to escape hell, in order to be accepted by uh, God, we must be born again. But what does that mean, be born again? Well, of course, we know we had our first birth. Uh, that was our physical birth. Unfortunately, we came into the world physically alive when we uh, proceeded from our mother's womb. We came into the world physically alive, but we were spiritually dead. And we were spiritually dead as a result of what Adam uh, did when he disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden. He messed up the whole human race. Um, in the Bible, Romans 5 and 12, it says, by one man, talking about Adam, by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all because all have sinned. In other words, it's like we sinned in Adam. Adam had the whole human race in his loins. And so when he sinned against God, he affected the whole human race. His son was born, and, and he was a sinner, and all of his children, and he had sons and daughters, and all of them were sinners, and on down the line, and uh, I came into the world, and I was a sinner because my father was a sinner, who's, and his father was a sinner, and I had a son, and he was a sinner because I, uh, he is a sinner because I'm a sinner, and he had sons, and they're sinners because he was a sinner. So, uh, you know, Adam messed up the, the, the entire human race. And so every child that comes into the world is spiritually dead, physically alive, but spiritually dead. And in order for them to be uh, reconciled to God, they need to be reconciled to God. They need to be born again. I'm not saying when a baby dies that they go to hell. No, that's not true. Baby not held accountable because they haven't read the age of accountability. I think the age of accountability varies. It depends on how, many information, how much information you receive. But I am saying that when we come into the world, we are born sinners. We are born sinners. We are born uh, spiritually dead, even though we are physically alive. And uh, as I've said before, uh, the proof that uh, we are all born sinners, you had any children, and you've had them for any length of time, uh, you know children do stuff wrong that you didn't nobody tell them. Uh, I'll never will forget uh, my grandson when he was a baby. My wife used to hold him and rock him in a rocking chair all the time. And then when he was one year old, along came his brother. Now my wife would take both of them and put them one in each arm and rock him in a rocking chair. And the first one, the firstborn, would take his foot and try to kick his brother uh, out of my mother's arms. Nobody taught him that. <laughs> he was born selfish because he was born a sinner. And so it is with all of us. So we're, we're born sinners, born spiritually dead. 
Uh, and the only thing that rectifies this is if we are born again. And we are born again when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. In other words, we are born a second time. We have a second birth. But the second birth is not physical. It's spiritual. We come here spiritually dead. But when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are born again. That is, we become alive spiritually. That's what it means to be born again. Uh, but the White Tower Society says in order to be born again, uh, first of all, you must be baptized. In order to be born again, uh, first of all, you must be baptized. They teach that water baptism is necessary. So anyway, uh, let me read a quote from them uh, from uh, one of their publications, Reasons from the Scripture. It says, being born again involves being baptized in water. Being born again involves being baptized in water. That is not true. Being born again involves hearing the message of the gospel, believing it, and demonstrating your belief by accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. The instant you do that, you are born again. You are no longer spiritually dead. You are spiritually alive. You are alive unto God. You have a capacity and a desire to live for God and to keep his commandments. That's what it means. Uh, to be born again. And this happens before you're baptized. Matter of fact, you don't baptize a person if they haven't been born again. If a person hasn't accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, you have no business baptizing. Baptism is for believers. Baptism is for saved people. Baptism is for people who have been born again. But the White House Society claims that baptism is necessary to be born again. But Scripture refutes that. Uh, you know, uh, one of the writers of the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, Paul uh, had led uh, a particular group to Jesus Christ in a city called Corinth. So the believers there that, uh, who had accepted Jesus Christ it was called the church at Corinth, the body of believers or the group of believers at Corinth. And so there were some problems going on at Corinth. You know, uh, they started, uh, you know, comparing themselves to each other. Um, you know, I'm I'm more saved than you because I was saved by Paul. He preached the gospel to me, and I was saved by him. And somebody else was saying, well, no, I'm more saved than you because uh, Peter, who was one of the uh, original apostles with Jesus Christ, uh, he led me to Christ. You know, he preached the gospel to me, so I'm more saved than you. And Paul wrote to them, and he was rebuking them. What are you doing comparing yourself to one another? Paul didn't die for you. Peter didn't die for you. What are you talking about? Um uh, and then he, he uh, said this, you know, I'm glad that I didn't uh, baptize very many of you. I, I was only a couple of you that I actually baptized. He said, I'm glad I didn't because you taking this thing like, well, you know, I'm, I, I was baptized by Paul, so my baptism is more valid than yours. And that's not the point. Paul said, God didn't send me to baptize. So he's taking the emphasis off of baptism. Yes, we are commanded to be baptized. But Paul's saying that baptism is not the focal point. It's one of the things that Jesus calls us to do. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior and we are baptized, we are going down in the water demonstrating that we have died and we come up out of the water, we are raised to a newness of life. In other words, we are demonstrated by baptism what has happened to us spiritually. When I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, the old me died. And I became a new person. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, if any man be in Christ, that means if anyone is a Christian, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Your status with God has changed. You're no longer condemned sin or condemned to hell. All things have become new. Your attitude towards sin changes. You no longer want to live 
a life of sin. You want to live for God. All things become new. You lose an appetite for carnal things, and you get an appetite for spiritual things. All things become new. So that's what I mean. Paul said the focus is not on uh, water baptism. Water baptism, you're just demonstrating to the world what has happened to you spiritually. So if Paul said Christ didn't send me to baptize, then why would the Watchtower Society teach it is necessary to be baptized in order to be born again? You are born again the instant you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. The instant you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in you. In Acts chapter 10, in Acts chapter 10, the apostle Peter was sent to a group of people, and he preached the gospel to them. And while he was talking, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, took up residence in them. And how did Peter know? Because they started speaking in tongues. Now, let me say this. Speaking in tongues is a sign that a person has uh, received the Holy Spirit, but it is not the sign that a person has received the Holy Spirit. Uh, these, uh, this particular group that Peter was talking to, the reason why uh, God had them speaking in tongues because they were non-Jews, and the Jews never would have believed that they had accepted Jesus Christ, that they were saved, if it hadn't been for them speaking in tongues. So God did this as a sign to the Jews. Hey, look, I've accepted the Gentiles, the non-Jews, just like I've accepted you Jews. So now when a person becomes a Christian, some people have the gift of speaking in tongues and some people don't. But every Christian has a gift or gifts, but not, not everyone has the same gift. So, yeah, the point I'm uh, getting across is these a particular group of believers that Peter was uh, preaching to, that he uh, told them about Jesus Christ and the necessity of accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior, uh, this particular group, they received the Holy Spirit before they were baptized. Now, nobody's going to tell me, well, you shouldn't tell me this anyway, that a person going to receive the Holy Spirit and yet not be born again. Or to the contrary, the instant you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are born again, and you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Ephesians 1 and 13 says that you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise when you believed. Talking about the Holy Spirit taking up residence in you and God showing his ownership of you. So the White House Society teaches baptism is necessary for salvation, but the Bible teaches no such thing. Now, and, and by the way, uh, in the Watchtower organization, they have, I guess, millions of uh, Jehovah Witness members. But according to them, there's uh, only 144,000 are born again. All the other Jehovah's Witnesses, they're not born again, and yet they're saved. Not only this, but the Watchtower Society teaches that a Jehovah's Witness can receive the Holy Spirit without being born again. The Watchtower Society teaches that a Jehovah's Witness can receive the Holy Spirit without being born again. But in Acts 2 and 38, <clears throat> Peter told the Jews who were responsible for the crucifixion of Jesus Christ 
he preached a sermon and put them under conviction. And then they said, well, okay, we, we see that we were wrong. What must we do? He said, repent. Have a change of heart. Have a change of attitude. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So it was necessary for them to repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not teaching that baptism saves, because remember, the people that Peter preached to, they received the Holy Spirit before they were baptized. Okay, but I'm not saying that. But by, uh, Peter is telling them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. And if you do that, that demonstrates that you really have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. And he said, as a result, you will receive the Holy Spirit. But the people that Peter preached to received the Holy Spirit before they were baptized. And also, uh, we are told in the book of Ephesians, first chapter, that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, not when you were baptized, but when you believed. When you believe. But the White House Society says anyway that um, Jehovah's Witnesses uh, don't necessarily have to be born again in order to receive the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, they say that only the 144,000 are born again. Question is, where is that in the Bible? You won't find it uh, in the Bible. Also, uh, I'm not going to get through all this. I'll, I'll, I'll finish it up next time. But uh, the West Tower Society teaches uh, that even though you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have no assurance. Now, Jesus Christ said concerning people that trust him, that receive him as Savior, he said, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any pluck them out of my hand. That sounds like security to me. I give unto them, those who put their trust in him as Savior, I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any pluck them out of my hand. But the White House Society says you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, but you still have no assurance. You still have no assurance. John uh, 5 and 24, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes on him, the Father, who sent me, has eternal life, and listen to this part, and does not come into judgment, but is passed out of death, that is passed out of spiritual death, into life, into spiritual life. But notice what he says, you won't come into judgment. The Bible tells us that we are kept, talking about Christians, we are kept, guarded, protected. How? By the power of God unto salvation. What do you mean unto salvation? Well, we have been saved from the penalty of sin. We are being saved from the power of sin, that is, you know, overcoming habits, resisting temptation, like that. And eventually, we're going to be uh, saved from the presence of sin. That is, we're going to leave this earth and go to be with Jesus. And so that's the salvation we're looking for, not salvation of the soul. That took place when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. Now that we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are not sinless, but we're sinning less and less. That's being saved from the power of sin. We should become strong and strong. This is done by fellowshipping with other Christians, uh, by studying the Word of God, uh, by constant prayer, and by willing to fight to maintain 
uh, status of holiness because Satan is going to try to uh, tempt you. The world is going to try to uh, tempt you. But we are protected. We are kept by the power of God unto salvation. Jesus said again, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any pluck them out of my hand. That is security. But the Watchtower of Society teaches that even if you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are not secure. Um, now, the Bible does teach, again, the return of Jesus Christ. You can read about this, for example, in uh, Revelation chapter 19. Uh talks about the uh, return of Jesus Christ. And wait a minute, let me double check that. I don't, I don't think that's uh, Revelation chapter 19. I think I'm uh, thinking about verse 19. Oh, yeah, yes, it's Revelation 19 and 11. Revelation 19 and 11, this is just one place where we see that Jesus Christ is going to return to this earth. Also, uh, we see in the book of John, uh, Jesus Christ uh, in John chapter 14 tells his disciples, don't let your heart be troubled. I've told you I'm going to be crucified and all that, and you all disturbed about it. But don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. And he tells them I'm going to return to receive you unto myself. So, um, yeah, we're looking for that. But I see that my time is just about up. I'm trying to master signing off uh, before the music starts. So uh, I'm going to sign off at this point right here. And God willing, I will see you the last Friday of next month. Sponsored by Bible Bootcamp Ministries. This is three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.